Hey, Save Girls. Hey, on today's episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with the beautiful and talented Gia Peppers. As an award-winning on-air talent, entertainment journalist, content creator, and podcaster, Gia is out here in these Save Girl streets working to bridge the gap between the kingdom and the culture. She's a contributor on the Today Show, has her own Radio 1 program titled More Than That with Gia Peppers, and is one-fifth of the wildly popular candid podcast, Black Girls Pod. Listen as we talk about how faith has influenced her career, the importance of writing your vision and we actually bond over both of us being girls from dc okay her dc is actually washington dc mine is in woody county but that's neither here nor there okay so y'all just let me be great <laughs> all right so let's get into it hey save girls hey it is your og triple og save girl here Brittany white and i am joined today by a very special guest I am joined by none other than the beautiful, the talented Miss Gia Peppers. <laughs> Hi. Hi. How are you today, Gia? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am. Listen, if I could liken it to anything, I don't know if my listeners watch Say by the Bell like I did growing up, but I feel like Jesse Spano. Like, I'm just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm just so excited. Like, <laughs> thank you so thank you. much. So it's, it, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> thank you for joining me. So listen, there are so many things that I love about Gia Peppers, but I want to start with the fact that she is a fellow DMV native. So Damn. tell the listeners, where are you originally from in the DMV? Yeah, so we grew up in, well, I grew up first because I'm the oldest, uh, born in D.C. We lived in Northeast um, on Channing Street for the first few years of my life. Then we moved to PG County, Bowie, shout out to Mitchellville. Um, we lived there for the next several years of my life. And then we moved all the way out to MoCo, way out in Olney because my parents had built their dream house. Um, and we lived there for... Um, most of my high school and middle school. And then now my parents just bought a house back in PG to kind of like settle into life. And so all over the DMV, really. Oh. And I went to um, high school at St. John's um, in DC. Wow. So I was excited because I am a fellow DMV girl. I am actually from DC as well. However, yes. my DC stands for Dinwiddie County, Virginia. Um, okay. <laughs> First one is the real DC, no shade. The people from Washington. That's giving um, Hampton but, versus Howard. I'm so sorry. Right. <laughs> so most people have no idea where Dinwiddie County is. So I'm working to change that. I'm trying to put on for my county. Um, okay. So that's what I'm doing right now. But more than anything, I love the fact, and I'm going to use one of your quotes from your website where you said that you are creating content with your following of driven faith led millennials in mind. So as someone who is working to bridge the gap between what I call the kingdom and the culture, I am in awe of women like yourself who are actually doing the work to bridge that gap. So whether it's your podcast or your journalism or your TV um, appearances, you are representing a safe growth in spaces that we are not used to being represented. So that is awesome to me. Um, and that's what this podcast is all about. OK, so. Yeah representing, you know, save girls that are out here doing non-traditional work. Um, so my first question that I ask all my guests, 
you know, I always refer to myself as an OG saved girl. And that's because I was raised in the church. Both my parents were pastors. So for you, do you consider yourself an OG? Like, were you raised in the church or did you develop your relationship later in life? Yeah, um, I am. I was raised in church. Um, I come from a really like strong, strong faith filled family. Mm. Um, my mom's side is Christian and my dad's side is Jehovah's Witness. Um, so I was exposed to both very early on. Uh, but my mom is, but my dad was not a Jehovah's Witness. So we were raised Christian, but you know, I just was exposed to what it, what it, what, how, what the differences were. Um, and how Jehovah's Witnesses aren't really crazy people. Like they're just regular people. They do, mm-hmm. do a regular. lot, knocking on the door <laughs> than, than most other uh, faith practices and, and beliefs and doctrines, but their, their, their belief system isn't so off the charts that you, you we can't understand you know what it is they have they have a fundamental you know difference but it's not crazy to me so I'm so grateful that I grew up with um both having exposure to both uh, but I say all that to say um well I'm not a pastor's kid and I did not understand like I always knew God was real I always knew to trust God we grew up praying right. in the house for bed you know before meals um we went to church and and it wasn't just like Easter and whatever, you know, I was in the choir. Right. (laughs) Well, church done played in the uh, Nutcracker, was in the youth choir and, you know, all that stuff. So um, the Girl Scouts at church, you know, so like vacation Bible school at church. So it's not like, you know, I wasn't a pastor's child, but Mm -hmm. I always understood how God, uh, who God was. I didn't have an understanding myself, my own relationship with God until college. Um, and I think most people, you know, you don't realize until you're on your own two feet, what you actually right. believe, right? like learn from your parents that is kind of indoctrinated in who you are. And so um, I remember like when I first really felt God in a way that was, was like, oh, he's, he's coming to find me. He's speaking to me is um, I was about to graduate from Rutgers University. I was 21 years old. I had interned everywhere in the world, but there was still, it was still a recession. So it didn't matter if you had a billion internships and the greatest resume ever, you wouldn't get a job in your field. <laughs> and I just felt, I remember feeling so scared. I remember feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm going to fail and being afraid of failure and not understanding that failure is only a part of the journey. And even if you do fail, you will fail up and learn everything you need to, to know to move forward. Um, and so I learned fairly, fairly quickly that sermons were always going to be a place of peace for me. And especially mm. when you pastors started to post their sermons to YouTube. My pastor in my home church, First Baptist Church of Glenarden in PG County, um, we, Pastor Jenkins has this sermon uh, about fear. And in it, he said he, for the first time, had showed me that I, the the scripture that said that, that the spirit of fear is not from God. And I was just like, for, like, it was the first time I heard it for right. myself. And I was like, hold up. Fear ain't from the Lord. I didn't even think about it like that. Like fear is not from God. So every time I feel fear, it's not from God himself. It's it's from the enemy. It's something that's right. you know stopping me from, from believing in myself and what I want to be and what I want to become. And so um, right after that, one of my friends was, uh, you know, killed in a drive-by shooting the summer after we all graduated and she was killed in Boston. And so um, she and I didn't go to the same college, but 
she went to St. John's University and a lot of my friends from home went to St. John's. So mm-hmm. I would do the, the train thing from the New Jersey to New York on weekends a lot to, to hang out with them. And um, I remember she was killed and her father is a huge pastor in Boston and she was a youth leader in her church and an mm-hmm. incredible human being and a little, uh, you know, an angel among us. And so he had all of the pastors in that community come and pray over every single young person, all of her wow. friends. And that was when I was like, yeah, I'm not living in fear anymore. Like I had to hear it and then watching, like they had an open casket at her funeral. Her name is KK. Uh, they had an open casket casket at her funeral. And I remember being, and they were playing, they were playing, you know, a slideshow of pictures. And I was just like, yo, she's supposed to be here. Like, I don't get it. I, I was, I was mm. devastated. I was hurt, but I was also shocked into living. I was also shocked into, okay, time here is precious. Time here is sacred. Time here is a gift. Um, And so I really started to just go for the things I wanted and not to be afraid. And and, and if I felt the fear and not to let it cripple me in a way that would what God was trying to do in my life. Uh, And so those were the first two real instances, like in my life, I've had, you know, several times I know God came to find me. I know God right. was like, all right, I'm tripping. Let's get it together. Right. Um, but you know, those were the first two instances where I was like, I am going to follow God for myself, right. follow Jesus for myself, be loud about it. Like I'm, I don't care. Like people say all the time, it hinders you in entertainment. And mm-hmm. sure, if I'm not a gospel singer. Like, yeah, some people are uncomfortable with it. Maybe I, if you meant to find me, you will. And if you're not, you're not, but it's okay. I I don't think that I have to be anything that I'm not. And so, you know, I'm really grateful that um, God always comes to find me. He always comes to find your his children. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. They say he'll leave the 99 for the one. And Hello. I've been that one. Hello. <laughs> He's had to come to find me, but I think your story, it resonates with so many of us that have grown up in the church. Um, even those of us that, you know, aren't pastor kids, but just church kids in general. A lot yeah. of times you, you grow up, you're hearing the word, you're like, oh, you know, I don't know about this. And then you grow up and you have those real life experiences. And it's like, okay, I, now right. I know him for myself. So I'm thankful. You know, when I was younger, I wasn't so thankful. It's like, oh, I'm ready to get out here and live my best life. But I'm thankful for the seeds that my parents planted. Because when I got older and I went through those experiences, I could call back on some of those, you know, those memories and those scriptures. Um, But I just want to share like a little funny story. Like before you even answered, I was like, I already kind of have a feeling that you were an OG safe girl raising the church (laughs) because I don't remember the Women Evolved Conference back in November. And... It was the pajama party after party. My and gosh, you were you up there so the much Yes. And you requested that she put on Melodies from Heaven. And that's when I said, okay, she's not new to this. She is true to this. Because and I broke it down with soprano. I said, well, now had- find your part. We had sopranos. We had altos. We had a ten. Look, some of us are tenors. No, no, no. No shame. And- <laughs> and no shame in it. Okay. And yes, the the party was so fun because the, it was like it felt like a marathon. That the, the conference was so beautiful, but it was so deep, right? Like it was, we were, it, right. It was like back to back to back, beautiful, heart filling, but also mm-hmm. like really deeply moving sermons that a lot right. of us were talking through and had headaches by the end of the, the day. We trying to I get was on through. the flow. Hello. <laughs> and so. 
I was like, you know what? Um, I could tell that everybody was tired. I could tell that the energy was like a little tired, but people still wanted to be there. Like a lot of people was waiting in line to get their book signed for Sarah. Like they was yeah, going, they was going I did. talk to me, Sarah Jakes, <laughs> and they was going to figure it out. So I was like, all right, let me help my, my boo out and say like, you know, I'm a host. This is what I do. Like I host part, I host events. I've hosted this event called Trap Karaoke with my friend Mouse Jones. Ooh, and Mouse always does this thing called, uh, he always does this thing where he brings, I mean, he's also a pastor's kid, but the, one of the most ratchet pastor's kids I know. And he always does this thing. And he, at the, the trap karaoke, don't mind if somebody just got off the stage singing back that thing up. Like he will <laughs> all bring it to melodies from heaven. And it always resonates. People don't realize how much, how hard melody melodies from heaven goes yeah. in secular spaces. Like that's, that's how, you know, 80%, 90% of black folks was raised in somebody's church. Like, exactly. So it's like, when that right, and it don't matter where you are in your journey with Christ, you gonna you gonna come in. Gonna so I that knew right. that I had the right crowd, <laughs> and I knew that the energy would immediately be lifted if we all just really got together and talked about just just jammed out to Kirk and his crazy mind of how he brings together gospel and jazz and funk and hip hop and has this. Yes. You know, so we had such a good, that was such a powerful conference and shout out to Sarah Jakes Robertson. Exactly. The babe, the girl, the girl didn't have tonsils taken out back, back preaching every week and doing podcasts. And I'm just so proud of her. Listen, we all are like, we're just, you guys are out here just doing it. So we're sitting back. They just know, like, we are cheering you guys on. <laughs> we <laughs> all do whatever. The kingdom. For the kingdom. For the kingdom. So, period. So. <laughs> so, I want to take a quick break so that we have our first ever segment of I Didn't Know That Was a Gospel Song. Now, you may be wondering what exactly is I Didn't Know That Was a Gospel Song, where this is a segment where we get to dissect some of your favorite songs from the R&B, pop, and hip-hop genres and give them a more biblical interpretation. So before I go into today's selection, I would like to read to you Matthew 5.13, which says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. We are called to be the salt of the earth. And when I think about being salty, I can't help but to remember a selection performed by a quartet consisting of Brother Ying, Brother Yang, Brother Lil John, and Brother Eastside Boys. The song tells us to shake it like a salt shaker. And while the lyrics may be suggesting that we shake what our mama gave us, I believe God wants us to shake what he gave us instead. To shake more joy, to shake more peace, to shake more love, and to shake more light into the world around us. The world will tell us that being salty is a bad thing. But in this season, we should all work to be the salt shakers that Jesus called us to be and to let our light shine. And so I challenge you from now on to look for ways that you can be more salty for Jesus. Your co-worker getting on your nerves? Girl, shake it like a salt shaker. Someone just cut you off in traffic? Shake it like a salt shaker. In 2022, my prayer is that I'm so salty that I'm literally shaking like a salt shaker wherever I go. Now, I bet you'll never probably listen to that song the same way again. <laughs> now back to the episode. Let's go back a little to your, so let's talk about your childhood. Um, yeah. At what point 
you know, this little girl growing up in D.C., you know, we don't often see people that look like us, act like us with an upbringing in these spaces. So at what point did you decide that, hey, I want to have a career in the entertainment field or industry? Oh, my God. I wish I could remember maybe the first time I saw like Whitney or Brandy or 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 well really Whitney Brandy performed because my parents was not letting me watch Janet Jackson when I was younger but Whitney and Whitney Brandy and Janet are like everything to me and then Queen Latifah is probably like the career icon person that mm. always ends up asking like what do you want to do I'm like Whatever Queen Tifa figured out, how to do it, how to do everything with integrity, class, grace, and authenticity, wow. that's how I want to do it, right? Um, but I say all that to say, I was the kid in the grocery store when my mom was in line, I was sneaking from aisle to aisle to find out where the Word Up J14 teen, pe- People Teen magazines yes. were so I could find out more <laughs> about what. Aaliyah, Aaliyah was doing what Beyonce and them and Destiny Child was doing. I was the I cared about everybody's life, especially my love affairs with both Bow Wow and Romeo, depending on the week and who okay. I was around. And then B2K as well. You know, like I was the kid that immediately fell in love with storytelling. And I immediately fell in love with talented people. I realized that I was being around like seven years old. And I was just like at when I was nine, if you would have met me when I was nine, I was like, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be Bow Wow's or Romeo's wife. Romeo mostly. Like I was definitely a Romeo girl. So like, you know, sure. I, I, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, um, you know, I loved 3LW at the time. Like I just, I was the girl that was fully immersed in 106 in part culture. I yes. was, that was it. And so, yeah. um, that's when I knew I had to have a career in entertainment. And I, uh, even though like right now I'm not singing or, or, or dancing mm-hmm. or acting right now, that doesn't mean that it won't happen sooner than later, hopefully. But I say all that to say there is this beautiful space where storytelling becomes a part of the sphere of entertainment. And when I was growing up, my mom is a dentist. She don't really play the entertainment. She's like Cheryl mm-hmm. Foley Ralph in Sister Act 2. Singing does not pay the bills. Singing does not put food on the table. <laughs> Lauren just trying to listen to her. her hasn't her, been on, hasn't been on time since. And and like yes, and she just sitting there minding her black business. And Cheryl Lee coming here and talking about you gonna be on the corner singing. You should have should have been That was that was my mama right there. And so I was. She was always like, "Well, what are you gonna be for real? Like if that don't work mm-hmm. out." what you going to do? And so at first I wanted to be a vet. And then I realized that I didn't just get to study dogs. I, you had to go to school as a doctor. So I was like, I have to study people like bloods and human. No, no, thank you. I don't like blood. So that plan was quickly kiboshed and my dad's a journalist. So I grew up watching him in the newsroom and little did I know how God works child. So when I was two months old, my I, my dad took me into the newsroom at his job and at NPR at the time, and my dad was the homie that had the huge cameras at all times, the huge like mm-hmm. the one that would sit on your shoulders, and you had the VHS t- tape you had to put in there to film. And so when we got home that night, he uh, was retelling the story to my mother, 
And I'm sitting there cooing and eyeing, just like enjoying the talk. And there are these two young 28 or 30 and 33, 34 year old, like new parents. And they're just like in awe of their baby. Right. So I'm sitting there just enjoying it. And my dad is retelling the day and he's like, Yep. Gia just went into, this is Gia Brittany Pepper. She just went into the newsroom and told everyone that she wants to be a broadcast journalist. And I I was like, what? So we found the, found the recording like in my, in my teens. And I was just like, that's insane. But when I found it again, it had been in one of those faith drought moments Mm. where I was questioning everything, questioning why I was even here I had had way more no's than yeses that I, that I wanted, that I had mentally, mentally like remembered. Like I, I, I always am, I need to do better at the yeses I get to because I always live in the no's. I need to live in the yeses I get to, but I had had a lot, a string of no's. Things just weren't turning out the way I wanted to. I was way too caught up in like what thing, what people were getting said yes, said yes to and what I was getting said no to. Like it was just, I was just in a moment where I was just like, God, if if you don't want me to do this anymore, just say something. Mm, like, I really, right. I, I'm, at this point, it feels like torture. It feels like my dreams are torturing me, and I have mm. I have stayed, I have stayed Thank down. You. I don't pray. I don't. At this point, I'm twenty twenty eight. Like you know, or I'm or I'm I'm at this point, I'm like in late twenties, around thirty. Um, and I remember feeling like, yo, like. What is the point? And so like a few around like 11, 19, 2020, I was cleaning out my phone and I came across that that video. Mm. And the date said 11, 20, 1990. And it was 11, 19, 2020. So it was literally 30 days, 30 years to the day almost that it was filmed. And so I said, her, okay, I immediately just broke down in tears. And I was just like, the, the Romans eight was my, was my, was my, uh, already my verse of the year. Uh, mm. No, that's what I thought it was going to be my verse of the year for the next year, 2021. All things work together for the good of those who have okay. yep. plans and purpose. I said, my bad, Lord, my bad, because I whole time, I couldn't have known what you were, you were orchestrating. Mm. I was two months old and my dad was kidding. <laughs> Like my dad was like, she's gonna become a broadcast journalist. You think and he was kidding? He was prophesying. Right. And dad didn't know, right? Like he, and, and my dad is like more more Christian than ever now. But back mm-hmm. then, my, my dude was like, what's up? Like church is cool, but I gotta go to work at 4 a.m. My dad had to cover a lot of the morning shifts. So he wasn't really, you know, he was just trying to balance being a new dad and having a job and taking care of a whole family now. So I, I like, when I tell you the, the prayers, I asked Lord, I said, Lord, please forgive me for every time I tried to deviate from the plans that you had mm. because clearly they were meant to be. And if you could teach me how to have the strength and the focus to stay committed to the steps that you've ordered, then I will, ha- I will be great. And I know that I am crazy and a human. So I'm going to have feelings, but if you could bring me back to center more than I allow my thoughts and my feelings to lead, then I know we'll be all right. And so I was just like, all right, Lord, do your thing, Jesus. Do your thing. <laughs> my, I was just like, my bad. <laughs> I was like, right, I was trying to- You bad. Like, 
I'm gonna let you. Yeah, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you have it. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you. About time, girl. Um, but yeah, that is just so. That is so inspiring, and it's just so much confirmation. I don't know for you know people listening, but even for you know myself and other people that are listening and are in these seasons where it's like God, I had this vision. You know, I'm trying to hold on to the vision, um, but it, it can be frustrating. You know, like you said, we're human, and then He yes. offers like just like you saw that memory, He offers a confirmation, and today was even um, you know confirmation. Um, of that as well you actually being on this broadcast so I'm gonna um you know really quickly I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you go but I do want to just talk really quickly about um you recently did a Twitter space where you talked about oh yes sweet into existence I caught like Mm -hmm. the second half I was telling my cousin I was like look girl you need to hop on here and then I went back and listened to it um, because one of the things that my cousin and I, we always talk about even last year with the pandemic and everything, we were like, look, this is a year, like we're going to write out our visions. We're going to shoot our shot. You know, we're going to do, you know, all it is that we know God would have for us to do. So can you just speak a little bit like what is the whole tweeting into existence and why it's yeah. important? Yeah. So, um, when I was, the pandemic birthed a lot of great ideas. But when I was in the pandemic, I remember one of my friends and I, his name's TJ Adeshola, and he's the head of Twitter sports. He's also from the DMV. So during the height of the pandemic, you'd wanted to be anywhere but New York City. And so both of us were trying to get out of New York City safely, not have to take the Amtrak or anything. And so I ended up having, I had my car and he was like, yo, can I roll with you? And so we did the the, the voyage between New York and DC a lot because, you know, sometimes you just needed to get back to New York for a second, see how things was going, check on your apartment, da, 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 and come back. So we had like three, four trips and that drive is like three and a half hours. And um, we were trying to come up with like, shows and ideas that really make sense. And I remember he was telling me a little bit about the tweet into existence. Like it was just like something that they were fooling around with. And I was just, I was like even more passionate about the idea because it had been an an idea that I was toying around with. So it literally was alignment. And I was just like, yeah, like we don't realize how special it is to be a part of the first generation to see people's dreams come to fruition Mm. at we all were a part of Issa Rae's win. Like every single win, the girls who watched Awkward Black Girl, the girls who saw her tweet about being on her, you know, journey of writing and mm-hmm. learning how to navigate in HBO Max. And then, you know, that, that fulfilling moment of watching the last episode of Insecure along with the documentary that that literally was the most beautiful love letter to black folk, LA, our culture, our generation, um, and the, and the power of our, our voice, right? We, we are the first generation to have the ability to tap in like that, to be, be like, yo, I remember when you tweeted that. Right. And so we also live in a time where people tweet, Hey, one day I'm going to perform on the Super Bowl, And then in five years or two, three, whatever, you can retweet it and be like, did that. And so the Tweet It Into Existence campaign is a applause. It's Mm. a resounding applause to the dreamers and the folks who are brave enough to say, I am going to choose vulnerability over fear. Everybody in the world wants to be a singer, dancer, actor, whatever. 
it's scary to, to put your dreams out there. It is insane to put your dreams out there. Right. And for those enough who are, for those who are courageous enough and brave enough to actually see it through and consistent enough that fulfillment and retweeting it when you've done it is the most incredible thing ever. And so uh, Twitter has billboards all over the country mm-hmm. with people. Megan Thee Stallion has one that Meg, says, yes. one day I'm going to blow up. Y'all should get on now. And like, there's a video of her performing at the Grammys or something. Then Matthew A. Cherry, who is the uh, producer and director and creator of Hair Love, who said, one day I'm going to win an Oscar. And then they have a the photo of him oh. with his Oscar behind the tweet. So like, it's just to remind people to dream and that dreams are real and that one day, one of your most outlandish tweets that feels crazy in the moment could absolutely come true for you. Exactly. If you keep trying, if you keep showing up, if you keep pushing fear to the left mm-hmm. and not allowing the the voices, the loudness, the distractions. We're also the most distracted culture in the world. So just mm-hmm. remind yourself that like it's not a it's not we are the first generation to have access to 300,000 movies at one specific mm. at our fingertips right right like, distraction is real so there's it, it takes a lot more intense um intention on mm-hmm. what it is that you want to do and how to follow it through and so yeah tweeting to existence is like an a resounding applause it's a celebration for the folks who went after their dreams made it happen and the communities that get to celebrate along I, with them i love it i love it and you know of course, me being the same brother I am, it just reminds me of a back of two and two. It says, Hello. write the vision and make it play. So I've, I've kind of tweaked it. I said, I'm going to tweet the vision. <laughs> yeah. Tweet the vision, make it tweet, play. Come on in here. The on the and make church. it play. Oh. Hey. Church. So <laughs> you can take the girl out of the church, but you can't take the church out of the girl. Well, so manifestation on the, on the thing, I was like, okay. You know, I don't hate manifestation. I'm not mm-hmm. against it, but I'm just like, speak it speak it life. exactly speak life and death is in the power of the tongue like yeah i get it but i'm oh, like I y'all know that y'all know that's the word right that's what i want to say y'all know that's the word <laughs> i get that everybody's trying to be like yeah but it's not but it's not the same cons it is baby it girl. is it's exactly but they're done that no so i mean you can manifest i mean yeah it is prayer is uh, a part of the manifestation process if you want to talk about it. But we, I'm going to leave that for another time. So, right. <laughs> we're not going to say, uh, not, not even a fight I really care about. Don't don't even but yeah, yeah. Uh, but we know, as long as we know. But I just, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to wrap it up. I'm so, again, so excited. But just coming off of, again, the tweet your vision and writing it out and shooting your shot. I just wanted to, for my listeners, you know, just to be inspired even by this interview, because this whole interview is part of that writing the vision, shooting your shot. And we mentioned the we, you know, the Women of All Conference earlier. And even prior to that, I was kind of, as a kid, say, low-key stalking your social uh, media pages. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> we got there and... um course said we had the pajama jam and then at that later that night you probably remember you were kind of like shopping the vendors everybody else had kind of left and I saw you know I was like I'm gonna get a picture with her I hope she'll take a picture with me and you took a picture with me and that was big for me and mm-hmm. after that yeah I just went into high key you know stalking your social media pages and that's why I saw somebody else had tweeted 
and were like, they wanted you to be on their podcast. And you, you know, replied. So I was like, okay, Lord, you know what? I'm gonna shoot my shot too. And you said yes. And so I remember, you know, putting on my vision board at the beginning of the year, like, God, I just want to connect to people that you want me to connect to. No more trying to do it on my own and, you know, seek people out, whatever, whatever. I'm like, whoever is for me to connect with me is going to connect with me. So I thank you again. I want to give you all the flowers. Um, You deserve them all. The roses, the tulips, the daisies. You get all the flowers because you are out here doing it. Um, And I think the girls of this generation are so blessed to have women like you out here who are showing up and showing us that we can love God. We can have a career. We can be successful. We can be fly. We can be all the things and still love Jesus. So I thank you. <laughs> for coming awesome. on. Um, where can they follow you on social media really quickly? At Gia Peppers, um, G-I-A, and then Peppers like salt and pepper with an S. And then I also um we we bless God for his faithfulness. I got my first season two of a show ever in my Yay! career. Like worked with a lot of places that was iffy. Um, and so I am so grateful because more than that, my podcast with Urban One Radio um, and I One Media uh, is is a radio show and a podcast is coming back in February. So I'm really excited hey. to be really hard on some really great interviews um, and, and talking about things that aren't, aren't just like just solely entertainment, like talking. Right. We live in a space where you can't not pay attention at this point. Mm-hmm. Like voting is real showing up to the polls is real because we saw what happens when you zone and you know, we exactly. all probably came for therapy for four years of that crazy man. Right. But I still, you know, I still don't, you know, I was wondering like, what is the real definition of climate change? Because we all see, we might not all know mm-hmm. what's, what it's, what is, what it means, but we know that it's warm when it should be cold and it's right. hot when it should be uh, freezing. And, and I don't know why I haven't had a white Christmas on the East coast in years, like what's going on. And so, you know, just t- having conversations about that, about mentorship, about how to find men- like little things that like will actually be the foundations of how you move in the world a little, a, a, with a little bit more intention and, and knowledge. Um, I want to have conversations around that too. And we do have entertainers on master P is one of my first guests. Hey, yes. Um, and so, I'm so excited for that. And yeah, like I've been following a lot of leaps in of faith. You know, I'm officially bi-coastal. I'm here in my LA apartment chow. So just trying to listen to God. And, and I have the same, you know, journey in prayer, in prayer as you, like I'm in the same place. I'm like, Lord, align me with who is going to take my dreams from, mm. from the, the, the bottom levels to where they need to be, because I don't think you gave me these dreams or this vision or this access or the platform for no reason. So who are the folks reveal to me the folks. And so, you know, I, that's my prayer for everybody listening is like that. We all find our people are aligned, pre-planned, predestined people. And that we have the courage and the sensitivity, like Sarah always says to kind of see it and Mm. recognize it comes so yes I hope that that's real for all of us it listen it's definitely real for me and I just again want to thank you for coming on for giving everything that was supposed to be gave today and Ah. it's cool (laughs) 
until next time, listeners, save girl out. Bye, y'all. Well, we have reached the end of another awesome episode of the Save Girl Sessions podcast. Thank you to everyone that tuned in and a special thank you to our guest, Gia Peppers. I hope you guys were inspired by her story to follow your dreams, write the vision. If God gave you a vision, listen, it is possible. You just have to do it. Make sure you guys connect with her on social media. She is on Instagram and Twitter at Gia Peppers. And also make sure you visit our website, SaveGirlSummer.com, so you can stay up to date with all the latest Save Girl Summer news. You can also connect with us on Facebook, where at Save Girl Summer Inc., as well as Instagram at Save Girl underscore Summer. And until next time, Save Girl out.